Hello and welcome to another Gridcoin Fireside. Today is Tuesday, August 24th. It's going to be a more technical discussion. Hopefully we'll be talking about magnitude, though there aren't many technical folk here, so we'll see what I can do. Uh, you're welcome to join us every Tuesday at 8, every other Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Gridcoin Discord server. We'll have these more technical discussions and every other Friday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, same Discord server. We'll have less technical discussions about Gridcoin. If anyone has any ideas for episodes, if you want us to cover anything in particular, something like side staking or or anything like that, feel free to reach out uh, to me on Discord and I'll be sure to talk about it. I think this Friday I'm going to try and do a, a live stream of, of a walkthrough of the wallet and getting Gridcoin up and running, although computers have been temperamental this past week. We'll see what happens. All right, so Magnitude this week oh since someone posted in the chat a minute ago i'll bring up that the white paper there's a an updated white paper draft that was written a year and a half ago at this point uh been slowly chipping away at thinking about getting that completed so we can update our white paper which originally was written three and a half years ago so uh feel free to get involved with getting that new paper updated uh it's a much more uh, complete paper, the newer version. That said, magnitude. We've talked about it in the past couple episodes. We talked about an intro to Gridcoin. We talked about it last week in terms of something that might be improved upon in the near future, a mechanism of Gridcoin that might be improved upon in the near future. Quick, quick overview. It is the mechanism that determines how much GRC a cruncher gets for the amount of computation cycles they contribute to a approved boink project that's basically the lowdown jim went through a bunch of technicals there's something called a magnitude unit uh, that's i think 115,000. uh and the basic implementation of uh this mechanism is an even number of magnitude so to speak is distributed across all approved boink projects so a um a project with fewer computation cycles contributed to it and fewer people will attract more people to it sort of in an ideal scenario creating an even distribution across of computation across point projects so it could be argued that uh any approved boink project will receive one over n of the distributed of the GRC minted by the protocol for crunching and being the number of approved projects. So it can be argued and in an ideal scenario, because this is not how it actually works. Uh, there are some issues with it because it's uh, fucking crazy tech. Who knows how to actually make this work? Uh, Jim went through a bunch of the problems last week. Again, quick overview. Uh, all Boink projects give out credits in different ways. Cobblestones themselves, which are the base reward unit for Boink, as I understand it, are funky. They're not a good measure. They're not a good yardstick, as Jim would put it. Uh, so Gridcoin does its best to smooth everything out by using its magnitude mechanism. Uh, but because of the way that Boink distributes rewards, distributes its credits, magnitude does not work perfectly. I think uh, if Chocolate would hear, he would remind us that people that crunch Colat's conjecture get an insane amount of GRC compared to um, using that same hardware to produce the same 
computational contribution on a different project. Um, there's a lot there. Basically, what I'm saying is the different, I can have the same hardware. Okay, the problem is we want to determine how much GRC someone should get for the computation, for the contributions they do to these Boeing projects. Um, how can I measure that contribution? Because I might have hardware that's optimized for most efficient on project A, but I'm crunching project B. Should I be penalized for crunching a less efficient project? Um, I could just, I, I could have hardware that uses more energy, but produces more results. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the different iterations of this here. Uh, essentially, there's so much different hardware out there and so many different projects and so many different applications within those projects that it's nearly impossible with the way that Boink does it to determine who is contributing more than someone else. So uh, an improvement to magnitude, that's the problem we have to solve. We have to figure out how to determine who is contributing more and who is contributing less. There's been lots of people talking about lots of different ways we can do this over the years. One is, well, let's just break it down into energy used. If I use more energy, the logic goes, then I must be contributing more computation cycles to these projects. Therefore, I should get rewarded more. That's not exactly true because I could just turn on a bunch of space heaters and trick Boink into suggest into thinking that I'm running different hardware and all of a sudden I'm using a lot of energy and not contributing anything. I don't know why anyone would do that because you're just burning energy when you could be using a GPU and actually contribute to the system. But at the same, uh, at the other end of the same scale, I suppose, I could have a highly efficient brand spanking new piece of hardware that uses less energy and contributes more than uh, something else um, on the same project. Again, adding the total number of projects here is it's just insane. All right, let's use flops then. That's another thing we could do. Um, floating operations per second. Uh, okay, well, I don't even know how you would do it. <laughs> There's different types of applications that use different types of processors. Uh, that Some applications can only run on CPUs and some can only run on GPUs. GPUs, I think, produce more flops than CPUs. Um, Maybe someone will come in a future episode and correct all this gobbledygook that I'm trying to muddle through based on what I've just learned by contributing to an open source project called Gridcoin. How fun is that? Um, yeah, so we can't use flops because does that mean we're going to reward someone for having a GPU and crunching GPU projects, even though there are projects that only run on CPUs and those are just as valuable, according to the network, than um, the GPU projects? Nope, can't do that. All right. Uh, well, maybe we could. So that's, that's, if someone figures it out, a way to do that. Maybe we could do that. Same with the energy problem. Someone can figure out how to do that. That'd be awesome. The cool thing with the energy problem is we can do, um, we're going to hear a lot about I like chocolate today. I wish he was here because he has a lot of ideas around magnitude. But um, it, one of his ideas was an, uh, uh, an, uh, uh, an exchange between currencies. So I think if we, the way this would work is if we were, could reward based on energy used, um, we could set up an exchange between Gridcoin and a um, energy-based crypto or an energy-based blockchain, basically an economic network that incentivizes renewable energy, whatever that renewable energy may be. A great example is SolarCoin. 
which incentivizes people to produce solar energy. Um, in the same way, the grid coin incentivizes people to uh, produce computation cycles to these approved projects. Uh, and if we could do that, then maybe we could actually develop a system where we can reward people more for green energy used crunching on Boink, or we could create a marketplace between the two. Who knows? Um, and yeah, so that would be interesting, but I don't know how possible that would be uh, with the current mechanism or with any known improvements so far. So another uh, idea coming from Chocolate is uh, in, in a matrix of hardware and how much. So I, I think um, he really hasn't explained it down to the basics yet, but I think the way this would work is if we know how much each piece of hardware that exists contributes to each application that exists in the approved list in our network, uh, we can determine how much to reward people, right? So if you are, um, yeah, I don't know how to explain this at a base level because it hasn't been explained to me in a base level yet. But I think that's the basic concept, the basic premise is build, a, a get collect so much data about how much, um, how many credits are produced by a uh, 710 on um, climateprediction.net and then find the median, find the mean or the median, I don't know which one, <laughs> the middle, and on a, on a curve and determine and, and be able to see if people are cheating by how far apart they are, how far away they are from what they should be getting from that hardware. Uh, also, I don't know how this how this folds into the the magnitude unit and all that shit. It's a pretty complicated thing. Um, I do not know what the point of having a multiplier of 0.25 in the magnitude equation is. I think that's a legacy um, thing, an aspect that's from the legacy from Rob. Not entirely sure though. Uh, but one part of the magnitude system that I can speak on, uh, and maybe someone more technical will pop in in a little bit and explain what I've been trying to explain. Um, right, the, the equations clarified here is 115,000, which is the magnitude unit times 0.25 equals the total number of GRC minted per day for research rewards. So it's like that whole equation is, is a little funky. Uh, so another point of the magnitude mechanism that has been in contention over the past years is the even distribution of magnitude across Boink projects. Um, I've explained the ideal scenario where we're distributing the, the magnitude system, magnitude mechanism actually incentivizes people to join lesser crunched projects, less popular projects, less sexy projects. Um, people have spoken in the past about, well, there's this thing called the rain magnitude that, or rain, what is it? Is that a feature? Uh, the rain mechanism where someone can rain a certain amount of GRC down on a, let's just say a Boink project. The the op, the option there are more options than just that, but rain some GRC down on a Boink project and its crunchers based on the magnitude that each cruncher has on that Boink project. So I could rain a uh, ten thousand extra GRC down on a Boink project, uh, and then that project gets the GRC minted by the protocol plus that ten thousand GRC. Um, so there's been talk about incentivizing people to use that mechanism uh it's called a green paper it was a very interesting thought um basically it's saying 
if we can get a for-profit company that has a limited amount of work to be done into the network and they buy GRC and then redistribute that GRC to their crunchers um, to get their work done, then we've created kind of a loop, an economic loop, whereby someone sees a use of the network, which is massive amounts of computation power, must buy the currency to gain access to that computation power, uh, and then uses that currency to reward people for developing a new flavor of Starburst. Uh, that would be interesting. Issue, there are a couple issues that I see there in that um, anyone can already do that with any currency. Blockchains just make it easier, but uh, anyone could come in to Gridcoin, get the stats from the super block, and then in their own blockchain, rain their own currency on it. And in fact, we might want to incentivize other communities to come do that, to utilize our aggregation system. That's for another day. Um, if we allowed that for-profit system, if we encouraged that for-profit system to go unchecked, the point of the protocol would disappear because there would be no need to mint a currency. Why not just use any currency that already exists to reward crunchers? You don't need to mint a currency to reward crunchers. So either we would need to develop other places to distribute the GRC, other ways to distribute the GRC minted by the protocol that, that define an economy, or Gridcoin would become a token. Uh, but if we were able to develop a, comp a, a marketplace-based system where maybe the amount of magnitude, or in translation, the amount of GRC minted for, Boink, for approved Boink projects per day competes directly with the amount of GRC that is rained on a project, similar to how in proof of work, the difficulty readjusts, the difficulty to mine a block readjusts based on the amount of people mining blocks. So if there are a lot of people raining, maybe something happens on the economic side of magnitude that makes it so people stop raining as much. And then if there aren't a lot of people buying GRC to rain on crunchers, maybe something happens economically on the magnitude side of things that incentivizes people to use rain. Um, I think that would be very interesting to watch play out. I don't think any other crypto has gotten close to considering something like that. Um, behind all of that, if you add a bare minimum layer where, and this layer basically enables someone to say, if your project gets approved by the Gridcoin network to be incentivized by the protocol, it will be guaranteed X amount of processing power, I think we'll have a three-tiered sort of marketplace, and it would be pretty interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. So if we didn't have that bare minimum layer, and we just let rain take off, Gridcoin would be done in my eyes. It wouldn't make sense to exist. It would not be able to justify its own existence. Um, but Again, we can develop other mechanisms that distribute currency. You can develop grant systems, include the treasury. You can develop uh, actual science of funding and funding products directly from protocol. You can develop a ledger of science and all that shit. But that is very difficult, more so than just controlling a currency and where it goes and uh, incentivizing people. There are technical hurdles to those developments. So there are two issues with magnitude. The technical side of thing, how 
do we create a more fair system? And this is not saying the current system is bad by any means. The current system is actually uh, fairly genius considering the tools that are at hand. Um, but how do we develop a more fair magnitude system that with, with the end goal of distributing owed the appropriate amount of GRC based on the appropriate amount of work contributed to these science projects? That's the technical hurdle, technical challenge. Economic challenge is how do we create economic cycles within Gridcoin without limiting the, without destroying the base reason that Gridcoin exists? And I think in doing, in solving both of these options, so with the technical one, if we do Chocolate's um, proposal that he hasn't put out yet, <laughs> having to do with an array, which seems possible but difficult. Um, that hardware matrix, matrix of different hardware and what it can do to different applications, would be valuable beyond solving the single technical problem in Gridcoin. If we build marketplace concepts around magnitude, the value added there would be more than simply building a closed economic loop of company buys GRC, company reigns GRC, company buys GRC, company reigns GRC. So interesting potential here for anyone interested in exploring this stuff further. There is a third potential improvement to GRC through the magnitude mechanism, uh, tangential to the magnitude mechanism, and that has to do with the approved list, or the list of approved projects. Um, if we implement time lock, we've already talked about this last episode, but just to reiterate, if we implement time lock staking and some other Let's just start base. If we implement time lock staking in the network, um, we can, or in the protocol, we can add and remove projects from the approved list based on the amount of GRC that is staked behind them. So that means that if a company, if, if a if a Boeing project, let's say Prime Grid, wants to get added to the Gridcoin whitelist, they don't need to ask for network approval outright. They don't need to put a poll together. What they need to do is convince enough people holding GRC or magnitude. We don't. We can do some interesting stuff with contracts and the tools we have. Um, they need to convince enough people to put their stake behind that project until. And once that project, once Prime Grid crosses a threshold of let's just say 100,000 GRC, it's automatically added to the approved list and it's automatically incentivized it incentivized with Gridcoin out of the protocol. Um, if at any point that project drops below 100,000 GRC, whatever the threshold is, it would automatically be removed from the um, from the reward mechanism of the protocol, from the approved list. Uh, so that would basically solve a lot of issues having to do with how we currently add or remove projects to the, to the Gridcoin network. People would have to research the science still, and they would also have to research the technical feasibility of the project and the stability of the project and all of that. And consider all these factors, and then decide what to do with their GRC. Add to that um, some banking tools, and we can incentivize people to do these things. So we can say that if you stake GRC behind a project's contract, you will be rewarded with a new minting and distribution mechanism that we would have to develop, something like an APR, based on how long you keep your GRC locked in that contract. So a good example of why this is insanely valuable, it comes from Cardano. Cardano is blown up now, probably heard of it. If you've never heard of crypto, you've probably still heard of Cardano. <laughs> uh, 
they have there's a lot of ADA ADA, the currency for that network, in existence. And I can go to a website and see that there's about 68% of the Cardano in existence is locked up in staking. It's a different, it's a little different than what I'm describing, but it's still essentially the same principle as a staking contract. Um, that means that the actual amount of Cardano in circulation is only about 30% of the total in existence. Now I can watch that percentage fluctuate based on whatever external factors are being imposed on the Cardano network and determine whether what I want to do with that currency is, I mean, imagine Cardano was a nation state. Are they about to go to war? And and what does its market participants think about if they're going to go to war? If they think they're going to go to war and the network's going to be destroyed, they'll probably unstake their Cardano and translate translate it to a different currency. I can watch that happen and that can influence my decision. But if there's a high percentage locked up, there must be a high confidence in that network. That means that I can feel confident in building on that network. That's the most valuable point. If we can develop a metric that just shows participant confidence in a network on Gridcoin, we can use that metric to incentivize people to build on the network. That's very valuable. All right. So we can reward people through an APR system for putting a GRC behind a stake contract. We can reward people through other mechanisms and uh, different types, uh, different currency. We just play with the fucking currency and give it to people based on how they stake it. We can make the stake contract time locked in that it must be, once you put GRC in that contract, it must be there for a year, must be there for five years, must be there for 10 years, whatever we want to do. Uh, we can say you can put it in. You can say you're going to put it in for one year. You can take it out whenever you want. But if you take it out, there's a penalty, whether that's a reduction in your reward or actually a reduction in the amount you put in in the first place. There's different things you can play there, um, play with there. There's, there's really a lot you can do with time lock contracts. Now, how does this relate to magnitude? So if we're using time lock contracts to determine what projects get on to the um, into the Gridcoin network through the approved, approval process, we can say, all right, we can use time-lock contracts to actually change the amount of magnitude that is distributed to each Boink project. So we could end up with a tiered magnitude system. Uh, that can be valuable in a couple ways. So again, we're going to operate assuming we have a base minimum so that I can go out to someone who's an undergrad or a PhD candidate and say, if you build on Gridcoin, if you build on Boink through Gridcoin, you are guaranteed X amount of processing power. So we have that minimum in place. Now, on top of that, we have very popular projects that are still boink and open and um, not corporate, let's say, uh, not for profit directly. It's things like Minecraft at home. Prime Grid is actually a great example here. Um, things like uh, TN Grid. Those projects are going to have a lot of resident <laughs> um, market participants who are just enthusiastic about the project staking GRC behind it. Maybe the project admins buy some GRC and stake it uh, behind the project itself just to get it boosted in the magnitude tiering system. Maybe not. Um, but they don't need to. They have that minimum and they have enthusiastic participants helping boost the magnitude on that project. And then on top of that, this ties back to the green paper and the for-profit companies. 
you can have for-profit companies that actually buy themselves into a specific tier and maybe are so they buy GRC, they stake it behind their project. And I imagine they'll buy a lot of GRC and stake it behind the project. And then once the project is complete, rain it among the participants. So they buy GRC, lock it up, take it out of circulation, and then afterwards distribute it amongst a wide array of people as a thank you for helping me build my product. This new flavor of Starburst is going to make me $10 billion. I put in $1 billion of investment in GRC to get you to give me the computation power. I'm going to distribute that $1 billion evenly across the uh, participants who helped do the computation. That seems like a fairly solid deal. Now, with this is where the green paper comes in. We uh, some Some of the green paper principles. We could... Say, if you're going to buy at a certain amount of level, for example, once your time lock contract, once your, your project gets X number of GRC staked behind it, let's say a huge number, say 10 billion, again, that number of GRC is never going to exist, probably. Uh, but let's say 10 billion GRC is staked behind your project, you are removed from protocol rewards. Uh, that means that you are running solely on capitalism, baby. <laughs> you, need, you just have some rich bastard uh, incentivizing your crunching, and that's perfectly fine. You've made it. Congratulations. You don't need to be incentivized by the core economic network anymore. You can use the tools that are built in this economic network to operate, and you're still, through your transaction fees and all this stuff, are going to be giving back a little bit to help those PhD candidates get their work done. Uh, that sounds pretty fucking chill. All right. We can also make a cap. These are just possibilities. I don't know how well they would work together or um, whether they'd work best separate or not at all. Just throwing out things I have seen in the community. Um, but we can also set a maximum uh, reward. So a maximum amount of GRC that can be staked behind a contract. So it can't get too much. So it can't draw too much out of the protocol. So maybe you can have a tier, an entry level tier guaranteed computation power phd candidate join gridcoin you can have a tier one um a a um retail project um that prime grid uh you can have a tier two maybe a second tier of retail projects something like rural community grid that does have corporate backing but that corporate backing might not be enough to buy grc to back the project but there's a lot of people supporting that project and it would definitely be um incentivized at a tier two and then maybe a tier three level which is a corporate level uh which basically says you're at tier three you're um <laughs> you're you're cut off from the protocol um or or some other mechanism um but there you go three tier once you get to three tier three that's as far as you can go you cannot increase the amount of grc you get any more than that um and that is assuming that you stay in the protocol at tier three but I think those so that that's all tying back to time lock contracts. Uh, so now we have three possible changes to magnitude. The technical changes, which we will talk about again in the future when there is someone more capable of talking about that stuff. Uh, the economic changes, which I think are fascinating, having to do with um, maintaining um, sort of equilibrium among projects creating a marketplace between the corporate and between that corporate tier and the phd tier um a fair marketplace and also creating a cycle of grc where people buy grc and then 
use it to reward people for crunching. And then you have the time lock contract, which has to do with how do you create those tiers in that marketplace and possibly even just adding and removing projects from the incentive structure of the network. So those three possible improvements or changes. Maybe they would make things worse and we wouldn't want to do it, but only time will tell. Uh, so to the chat here, uh, Barton through the equation in the chat for magnitude or for GRC minted per day, which is the magnitude units times the magnitude multiplier. The magnitude unit is 115,000. The multiplier is 0.25. All of this came about, I think, with CBR because the 115,000, I think, is legacy from Rob. And then we wanted to keep, we wanted to hit a certain target of GRC minted per day. So if you multiply that by 0.25, you get 28,750 GRC minted per day for research rewards. And then the follow up question is um, can that unit, can the multiplier or the unit be changed on a whim? This goes back to basic blockchain principles and yes, but no. So I'll explain this briefly, I guess. Someone could propose a change. That change would have to be implemented in code, and then more people would have to, and then people would have to download that software. And uh, one of three things could happen, or all three things could happen. Uh, people download that software at a 99% of people download that software, and 1% stay on the old system. And at that point, you could say that the number has been changed. It's, you could have sort of a 50-50 split or somewhere in the middle where 50% download the new software and 50% download the or keep the old numbers. And at that point, you could be you have two economic models. That's what all these things are, economic networks. So you're operating now under two economic models. One's printing 28,750 GRC per day, and one's minting a different number based on the numbers you've chosen. Or, um, and this would be what would happen with this community right now, um, 99% of people would keep the current numbers and 1% would download the new software with the new numbers and the new software would be a failure, essentially. It would be <laughs> Satoshi's vision. Um, sorry, that was cold. That was that was brutal, low blow. Um, yeah, so that can happen. There's another layer in this community, but is not necessary technically. Um, and that would be a community vote. Uh, but really, if anyone forks this code, makes the change, and people download that change, it could be said that the numbers have changed. Um, but ultimately, those numbers aren't code. They do not change easily. All right, so that's magnitude. You got three different ways you can contribute to improve it. I don't know why you're still listening to me. That said, see you Friday or next two, nope, two Tuesdays.